Welcome to Boars on the Floor, our weekly guide to the inner workings of the Roy family. I'm your number one boy, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he just got a new gig making explainer videos for the hundred. It's Arturo Zurita. They went back for the originator. Everyone's got a market, as Papa, Papa Logan says, and it's that market that we're looking to get here. Yeah, uh, a whole bunch of analysis of people and economic units and, and marketplaces of all kinds and uh, not so sure how the kids are doing on the open marketplace, but we'll get into all not of that good. on our <laughs> weekly succession recaps. We're so excited that the Jesse Armstrong show is back for its fourth and final uh, season on HBO. Uh, we'll be back talking about it every week here on the podcast. An interesting start to season four. Lots of stuff to discuss. Uh, Logan being all alone. The kids being off in California. The disgusting brothers. Where do you want to start? What what part of Succession should we dig into first? I mean, the ending of season three left everybody on that cliffhanger not realizing that Tom came up to bat, proving the siblings and his wife completely wrong. Uh, and leaving them surprisingly, like you said, Logan alone. But for the first time, it feels like all of the siblings coming together, even though they may, I don't think they have absolutely any idea what they're doing. Um, uh, there was one uh, social post to, towards the beginning of the, the, the premiere where they were talking about how all of the advertisements, especially the posters, have gotten more and more modern. We've kind of strayed mm-hmm. away from these portraits of, of them in front of portraits and such. And it's been these very uh, high-class buildings and such. And you get this right from the beginning. They are in a beautiful home uh, that you see. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. It's uh, one of the Roy's out there. Um, they're in Filming this beautiful house. <laughs> No, they're filming beef. Uh, uh, what's not beef? Uh, the other one, the bear. Um, uh, there you but go. I like this new dynamic where you have these siblings who have not been together the entire time, and now they have these like uh, new ways of saying hello to each other. You know, you got Shiv and um, what's uh, Calkin's name insulting uh, each other. Yeah. And then kissing each other, saying hello. You know, it's become this love language. <laughs> and that's a part of this episode that you really saw, especially when Logan no longer has the kids or his little monsters with him, where he starts treating the, the, the new people around him as his new form of kids. And you mm-hmm. see this disgusting way of how he talked to his kids that he finds normal, insulting them. And he misses that. It's it's such yeah. a messed up dynamic, and it's why we returned for four seasons. And uh, I thought that that was the best part of this episode. Yeah, I mean, the first season of Succession started with a birthday party for Logan, where he's surrounded by his loving wife, Marsha, and his doting children. And he's in control of a powerful media conglomerate. And season four starts at another birthday party for Logan. But this time, he's sleeping with his assistant. His children are scattered across Reportedly, the country. allegedly. And he's on the verge of selling his co- company that he was once too proud to step away from. Uh, Succession's never been like a warm and fuzzy show, but I felt like this sad start to the final season makes me feel like we're headed towards tragedy rather than uh, any kind of happy silver lining. It feels feels a bit of an ominous start to, to things here. And Logan, like you said, is really, really isolated in a way that we've never really seen. He's... Uh, ignored Shiv, he's looked over Roman, he's used Kendall as his punching bag in various ways, but he's never really been this separate from 
the people closest to him. I mean, the only pe- the only son at his party is the one son that he doesn't want to deal with, Connor, uh, about to drop another hundred million on his presidential election. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I thought it was a very interesting way to to contrast them in that uh, he, despite winning the winning essentially over his children, he's perhaps in some of the worst shape we've seen him over the course of four seasons of succession. You think he's dying? Dying? Dying. You think your chips are all in that this season doesn't end without that being the big thing? I Not only do I feel like he's going to die before the show is done, I feel like they're aiming towards him dying without reconciliation, right? Like the, he, Really? The whole episode here... The, the running through line is it's his birthday and are they going to get on the phone? Are the kids going to wish him happy birthday? Is he going to reach out to the kids? And that we go through this whole episode and no one's willing to meet in the middle until he's he calls them up to, to call them fucking morons. I feel like that's the behavior of somebody who doesn't get to like sit around the bedside, uh, sit around his deathbed with his kids feeling like he's done everything he wanted to in his life. See that? Yeah. Uh, it also Logan's half of the story also featured one of the better bits of acting from Brian Cox across the four seasons of the show. And uh, really says something because he's done a lot of really, really stellar acting on succession. But the diner scene with bodyguard Colin, just incredible stuff uh, from Cox. What, what did you think of this moment in succession? I don't know if you can recall exactly where it happens, but there was that other candidate that Shiv worked with in a previous season. The one who ends up also yeah. like interrogating them when it comes to the, the cruise lines. I, I forget his name. I don't know if you remember it, but he was like on the complete opposite side. The There's guy a, who is played by Eric Bogosian. I forget his character's name. I believe so, yeah. Uh, and I believe it's like the pre-wedding for Shiv and everyone's at this like gathering and he's going up the stairs having a one-on-one with that dude. And he, he mentions that line about the nut. I know what everyone's nut is, and I provide yeah. that. I didn't think that could be topped. Boy, that his market, like, just vent that he had here with Colin, who's like, what, bodyguard number three? He don't matter. He's irrelevant. There's another Colin joke said later on when they get somebody else on the phone, and uh, Colkin's character is like, what, Colin couldn't come to it? This whole sequence here, I, I'm with you, dude. Probably one of the best... Uh, scenes that he's had in a while and one of his most memorable ones it's tied if not surpasses that nut staircase talk that he had where he just gets the game it's almost like he's overseeing the entire monopoly board the whole globe of everything that happens and when you're so rich right like all of these other characters are you are seeing humans who are not your regular human you are seeing gods deities who have played this 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 world like it's a board and just the discussion that he has not just about uh how we move as people, there's a market everything's for a market. friends. Well, yeah, there's a market Marriage. for dating pools. It, yeah. It's just a fascinating, disgusting way of looking at the world. But from his yeah. point of view, from being so high, that's how he sees it. And talking about the afterlife and such, he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, look, I, he, I don't think we'll get he, a better scene. The scene, the series from him. I, I, we might not. It's it's really the the ethos of his character distilled into a couple speeches because yeah, he's talking yep. to Colin, but he's not really talking to Colin. He's monologuing at him. Yeah. This is this is like the deep dark secrets that he wants to he wants to get off of his chest in a 
lonely moment where he's feeling uh, isolated, but like he has no one but his bodyguard, the guy he's literally paying to accompany him places to tell them to. And, you know, Logan Roy is a character for whom capitalism has been an immensely uh, beneficial system for him, right? He is, he's used uh, capitalism to its greatest extent to give him riches beyond anybody's imagination. So it makes sense yeah. that literally his entire thought process is is distilled into different sort of capitalistic markets. He he doesn't look at people as people. He looks them look at looks at them as economic units. That was crazy. That's such. It, it explains why out of all the markets he talks about owning and commanding, the market of being a father, he's completely and utterly failed at. They are the economic Absolutely. units that he can't buy out like Colin. Colin can sit there and listen to him, but they're all yes men. And there's that one sequence where he's riffing on everybody, telling them, come on, the room is dry. Give me something to work with. His <laughs> only me. love language is hate. Mm-hmm. Yet those people, whoever, everybody else will not give him pushback because they're all on the payroll. They're all scared of him. And I think Absolutely. that's where he starts really missing his kids. And no one can play it better than Brian, bro. He has this perfect thing of hating these children. Yet at the same time, like you said, he still wants them to be at his bedside. It's his birthday. Yeah. He still wants them to be there. He still wants to talk to them, even if it's an insult. Yeah, he he can't really get himself to admit it, but he does like have this deep love for his kids, he has absolutely no idea how to show it, and he's been no. a terrible father. Terrible love language. But there's an em- there's clearly an emptiness in him, even here on his birthday, that he there's no one he wants to 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 be around. And like that moment when he says, "You're my best pal," to Colin, that's like terribly sad on a show full of sad moments and and people at their lows like the the dude you're literally paying to walk 10 feet behind you at all times right that's your best pal at this moment like like not even was it frank not even frank (laughs) (laughs) they're all beneath him he that i mean that's again the show sort of showing what that like mindset can really uh what what is like the end end of that mindset right when you treat mm-hmm. people in your life that way so i i thought that was all pretty interesting and does not necessarily spell the best for logan's like m- emotional well-being that being said he he is logan for a reason uh and the kids are not <laughs> nearly as equipped to handle themselves in uh high High money negotiations, let's call it. Because after dispensing of their indispensable bespoke information hub, the kids decided to put their entire nut into one last fuck off to their father, buying Pierce right out beneath his nose with some shaky negotiation tactics. Should we call it that? Uh, They're terrible, and I don't think they won. I don't think it's the W they thought they got. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, They... Shiv, Shiv's just like confidence in in that moment. <laughs> she is the so, dumbest she's confident so person. Assured that she knows what's going on and just sort of like talks herself into spending at least two billion more than they needed to on the acquisition. I thought was yep. really hilarious and kind of shows that like the the empty speak that can get people to you know justify these stupid corporate decisions. Yeah. It's sad because they're all fragmented parts of their dad. 
She's got his confidence, but can't make any moves. That's been one thing you followed with her. It's that she has failed in so many aspects of trying to make it. But boy, can she put on a smile and try to command something, even if it isn't the right thing. Uh, I keep forgetting Culkin's character. What's his name? Roman. He... Roman's pretty much taken the savviness of his father. He understands mm-hmm. the in and out markets. When she's throwing, like you said, an extra two bill, an extra point five, he's like, that's five hundred million dollars. That's a thousand thousand. He's the I. He's the only one who says. He's the only one who says, "Is it worth it? Is it worth right? ten billion dollars?" Those are things he's that we can use for something off, else. He's the one who actually comes off pretty shrewd among all of them. Exactly because he actually spent that time and got from his father. The actual negotiation tactics. She got the confidence. I don't know, the rap skills for Kendall? I don't know what he got, but at this point, (laughs) it's like all of them separated are never going to reach the father. But even together, they cannot get there. Because in this whole idea of trying to undermine their dad, I have always told you since the beginning of you and I talking about this show, Papa Logan never loses. Even when he is on the ropes, he finds a way to, in my belief, Bait these kids into spending more money than they should have. What did Tom say last season? I've never seen him get fucked. Like, he may not have got the deal he wanted here, but he didn't get fucked by any means. Uh, nope. And when you're talking, you know, the kids are just trying to scrape by their from their little two, three million billion dollars. Oh, yeah. uh, and they're putting their, their whole investment into this old media, old media firm like... I, I thought the whole point of them starting the hundred was that old media is dying and now they're ready to just put it, it back to it because it's the only thing they know. Yeah. And that's when you're losing. That's yeah. That's how I see him still being up on top. It was the best deal though. Uh, who would they end up making the deal with? Cause she's been fantastic, especially when they introduced her. Nan in Pierce. Yeah. Cherry Jones. Kills it for her. Best deal possible. <laughs> having the headache and playing them off here and there because she too I is love... someone who realizes that she's got them on the up. She knows that it's an emotional thing. Like Tom had said, are we making business? Yeah. Or are we adding an emotional element to it? She had them played from the beginning. It's so funny because like they make Logan seem like an asshole because he's mean to everybody, but they do a really great job at letting you know that Cherry Jones as Nan Pierce is also an awful asshole. But she's it's just, just doing him, it in a much, yeah. She's just doing it in a much nicer way. I love her line: well, "Different people saying different numbers: eight, nine. What's next?" <laughs> like it's just, it, she's so transparent and talking such bullshit to them. Yes. That's the difference between your New York hospitality, doesn't exist, hospitality, and that <laughs> Southern hospitality that like, oh, you have a great day, honey. There's just this, this like yeah. knife, this, this cutthroatness to the, to the niceties that they give out. Yeah. Uh, and she kills a role. That's why she had some of the best, best episodes uh, from the previous seasons of uh, them going face to face and yeah, killed great. her here. Um, would you subscribe to The 100? Did it sound like something you might be interested in? Not with them ugly logos. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, don't get I me mean, wrong. Inter- they call out for intercut. That'd be crazy. I well, the, the amount <laughs> that they would do for the startup yeah. for sure. We got a whole catalog, but nah, I don't see it going the way they think it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if if we do high calorie info snacks on intercut. We do more like me- meals. This is long form content. So mm-hmm. uh, I, that said, like what, well, we're available if the hundreds are actually hiring out there. Um, <laughs> it's a content uh, thing. At the end of the episode, 
Logan is still there watching. I love I like I love that bit. Mm. When he calls up seeing his news network going, who is this chump? People watch at yeah. this time. I watch at this, watch time. At this time. That's yeah. someone who cares about the content. These people also like- suck at negotiating. They don't even know the content. So yeah. they're spending all this money, this 10 bill on what? It's going to be garbage. Like you said, they're not even going for the new stuff. They're retracting back. It's, it's setting itself up to fail. Yeah. But that moment is also just like so sad. That's all he's reduced to in this moment is just a old man watching the television show he paid for and calling to complain about it. Like yeah. uh, they're they're I think they're really emphasizing like the the hole in Logan's life and I, I again it just feels like it has like an auspicious tone to it. But and Marsha's uh, gone. How do you feel about that? <laughs> She's shopping forever. <laughs> So bogus. I love that line. I thought that was That's going to so be the funny. new HBO thing. Where's the Euphoria actress? Shopping forever. Forever. <laughs> uh, that's how they operate, I guess, man. Uh, yeah. Cycling out their wives. Anyway. Oh, shout out Patty uh, Jenkins. Talk- she killed it. <laughs> let's talk about the Disgusting Brothers a little bit. Because uh, Greg is bringing somebody in from the apps to an exclusive party while Tom is adjusting to life under Logan's thumb without Shiv to shield the blow. Uh, they, these two are just like the most fun pair on television. And they even as they continue to like move throughout the company and find themselves in new echelons of power, that they're able to maintain this dynamic is just one of the most uh, rewarding, fun aspects of the show. I, I saw Linda Holmes point this out on Twitter, but a, a really funny thing is w- w- just with the name The Disgusting Brothers and the way that they play it, you know that Tom came up with the name, that Greg heard it and loved it, and Tom immediately regretted telling it to him because Greg loved it so much. And they do all that background story just through, like, the way they talk to each other. I thought it was so funny, their dynamic in this episode, particularly because like, despite Tom being at this like existential low point, he still has it in him to fuck with Greg. Easily. Do you think there was cameras everywhere? No, I, I didn't know that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, that being said, you know, I don't think this show needs a winner the way that, like, Game of Thrones needs somebody to sit on the Iron Throne at the end. They're going to burn it. But more and more, I'm starting to feel like Greg could wheel, weasel his way into the upper echelons by the time no. the show is done. He's the worst out of so? all of them. If I'm not <laughs> yeah, saying, I'm not so saying it's not a possibility. For sure. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not a possibility. I'm saying... No, please, out of everybody, he is the worst. Because the thing about all of them is that you've seen terrible aspects to every single one of the siblings to Tom. But you've also seen good. Name me one good thing Greg has done (laughs) since the beginning. He's a scumbag. That's the Mm -hmm. problem. His adorableness, his aloofness, those are qualities that because we've seen him since like sky high, it shields him. But he is, he sucks, bro. He's actually a terrible person. And an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me, though, still. All those things being said. Uh, you want to talk I about... I mean, that's about... what happens, right? Yeah, exactly. The least person Fail you should upwards. get, it gets it. Yeah. yeah. Should we talk at all about uh, the dynamic between Shiv and Tom? The best drama on television? Let's go. Uh, this is crazy. Uh, 
I'm I'm rooting for those crazy kids, you know. They they really? there's still some love there even if they if they don't want to admit it to each other. There's history. I don't know about love. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so Tom navigating life on the dating scene, trying to keep Shiv aware of his goings on, may accidentally leak some some powerful information in the process, but it all culminates in them having a moment together in their bedroom in their Manhattan bedroom and Shiv again just sort of refusing to go to the emotional depths that Tom wants to and not just like can't engage in a sophisticated adult way. Uh, she's only interested in like the power struggle and the only moment where she like can can kind of smile through it is when she gets to deny Tom sex in that one bit. Um, it's just such she a thought about such it for a, like, a second, which was yeah, yeah. It's just such a twisted dynamic they have, and I, I don't know. It makes me feel so bad for Tom because he's trying his, he's trying his best to be earnest, and she just will not meet him there. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I since I want to say episode uh, the finale of season two, right? That's when uh, your boy Kendall comes out with all the papers. They're like in a beach. They're all trying to figure out who's going to take the blame. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Season two. Uh, when they're I think on the island, the season one finale. Um, they have this one talk on the beach, where they pretty much confess to each other, or he confesses to her how much it hurts. Since yeah. then, all of their scenes have been like trying to catch up to that moment. In my opinion, uh, what they talk in three, which you see in the recap about the "you don't love me" or "I don't love you," but you're still here, or whatever it is that she says, which is so mean. Yeah, this you're you're at that point where like you're saying you you feel like there's still love there. I just think it's that history of how much they've put up with each other that to right. this point they have all this baggage, all of this trauma that they've shared. They are both connected by the same person. She being a biological child, him being you know the one who wiped him, and now he feels like he's a son. <laughs> uh, and I don't know, I, I they've trauma bonded more than anything in my opinion. Yeah, hey, those trauma ba- bonds are real sometimes. Lots of people sure. get together. I bet. But but when you're also creating trauma for each other, I think you got to let it go. Yeah. uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. He looks great though. uh, He's been working out with the models. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Was that the most uncomfortable scene this episode? I wouldn't even say uncomfortable as much as it is sad. Cause you are, you are still seeing people who is like, this is the end for them. There's this one moment. uh, Cause we rewatched it in the morning when he says we had a good run. Hey, hey, she's the only one who hasn't won, huh? It's been a lot of L's. Yeah, I I think she deserves one. I think hopefully this is the season for her because, again, going back to that confidence that she's able to bring into her scenes, knowing good and well that she doesn't have it. And then she's also, like, just wrong. (laughs) You know, she's spending more money than she should. She's probably saying no to the one person who would put up with her the most. She's pushing a lot of people away, and that's why I've always thought that she's had one of the best character arcs because while everyone else is failing in their own ways, she's her dad. She is, out of all the siblings, the closest to being her father. Emotionally, confidence-wise... She just doesn't have the experience like her, her dad has had to be successful. Absolutely. Well, let's shift from that into something I want to do weekly here on our succession recaps. And that's stock up, stock down. Chart the biggest risers and biggest fallers among the succession cast. Uh, and 
you know, been a lot of change in the power dynamics since the end of season three. So who would you go with for the person who has the biggest rise in their stock in this episode? Who who's proven their worth and crawled or clawed their way to more power after uh, the Munsters? Besides Colin, who came out of nowhere? (laughs) Uh, It's Tom. Tom's the one doing the calls. Tom's the one who's being told by his own father-in-law still. Tell her she's never had an original idea in her life. Tom <laughs> has a moment where he says the iconic F offline to Logan. Should I carry that on? And it's beautifully edited, bro. Go back and watch mm-hmm. that scene. He takes the line and they punch in on him. They cut to Roy or Logan sitting there mm-hmm. on a static shot. This is not a show with static shots. If anything, this episode, this premiere, had so many moving moments, so many uh, zoom-ins timed perfectly, like never before. And yet in that yeah. moment, they keep it still on Logan, almost like a passing the torch it fell. And the follow-up shot is this, is this like, boke it out to him, back to Tom. He's leading it. He's the one making that final call, right? There's a moment in the yeah. in the early on in the episode where they're talking and they say, is he picking up for you? And then uh, his assistant calls. It goes through. I would argue it would go through immediately if it was Tom. Ever right. since that moment that they shared in the last one, he's winning. It's also why I'm disappointed in um, Shiv. Have him shopping forever. Don't divorce him. It's not <laughs> smart. Look, we're not dealing with love here. We got that already. It's a marketplace. Yeah. She forgot it's a marketplace. Why would you get rid of the inside man that you had in your bed. Mm. He's at the top of the game. Exactly. She She's discarding assets. She's wasting $2 billion where she Come doesn't on. have to. And, yeah. And she's It could be used for jet skis. I know. Snowmobiles. So that's why I have Shiv as our biggest follower. I mean, she took a lot of L's last season. And the season three finale was a lot on her as well. But yeah, I mean, she did nothing to sort of boost her stock. She... It, Oh, you got her she, on the clock. From okay, the start, yeah. she from the start, she was kind of wishy-washy on the hundred, looking for an out in the Jimenez campaign. You know, they're talking about talking. Mm. Uh and even and even when she gets excited in this Pierce Media venture, she finds a way to stumble too. So yeah, I, I kind of feel like Shiv is our, our biggest faller from week one. How about you? Would you go with Shiv as person whose stock is the most down, or somebody else takes the crown? The moment the dad called in to say, you morons, yeah, and she did that look. You know that meme where the guy's wearing a mask smiling, but he's crying behind? She killed yeah. that performance right after she hears her dad insult because for a second, the only one there is Culkin, who knows. Nah, Pops just ruined us, and this is kind of the advice I was telling you guys not to do. Her mm-hmm. face is the, like, it is the, when you go to the, the dictionary and it says cope, that face right there. Uh, she that's knew also it. it was written all got, over her face. That's also why I got Roman as my uh, biggest riser in the week. Like, yeah, okay. he kind of got roped into this bad deal, but he's the one who comes out looking the best. And he can switch if he wanted kids, to. <laughs> if of the three kids, he's the only one who doesn't seem completely preoccupied with getting back at daddy. Right? Like, he's mm-hmm. just looking to start a business, as he said. The only smart one. Yeah. Where that leaves him, who knows? Um, I liked your pick of, of Carrie, though. Carrie's probably like the penny stock I'd keep my eye on. She's uh, weaseled her way to uh, to the inner circle. She's the friend assistant and personal advisor to the head of ATN now. Mm-hmm. Letting people know that this ain't an in and out. <laughs> she has some of the best lines. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, let's talk about that, actually. What were some of your favorite quotes? I have a whole bunch here because, like, Succession remains probably the best written show on TV. Just, like, the lyrical nature of the little things they'll slip in here and there. I I loved Carrie. I mentioned already, Marsha's not here. She's she's in Milan shopping forever. I already mentioned uh, Kendall saying high-calorie info snacks when describing the content on The 100. Uh, I loved Connor and Willa when Connor said both sides are trying to squeeze my percent and willis said that's greedy when they have all the other percents uh a couple other really good ones uh when when roman said we've never licked his big omelet nipples uh when when tom said did you rummage to fruition i also really really loved uh roman's deadpan it's a sad, sad day when love dies. After that, okay, she's okay. getting a divorce. That one was great. I ran that back multiple times. It is perfect deadpan. The delivery is excellent. Yeah, in a group of strangers. <laughs> um, any other favorite lines from this episode? Um, Congratulations was... on saying the biggest number, you fucking morons. That one's also great. I like uh, more so moments. I I like this recurring thing where the kids now being by themselves realize what numbers mean. Well, if you spend a hundred mil, you'd still be rich, right? Yeah, Uh, just with (laughs) not a hundred million less. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. The 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 seat is running dry. They're selling the company, and they gotta actually start thinking about these numbers. Same thing later on when they're like, yeah, you know, it's a round 10 but that's pretty expensive for a conversation ender we could do so much with 500 and then he just names every single variation of how much money that is yeah you finally have the kids realizing everything's not going to be all right daddy's not going to be there to boost you up i mean it's and now for what it's also funny a percent he says like sorry i was just gonna say it's also funny that he says like we could buy jet skis and not buy a jet ski company it's 500 million it, yeah so i don't I, I just like that aspect of it, now being able to see it from them having to take some sort of control. Um, mm-hmm. But no, honestly, I think, uh, what'd you say her name was? The new assist or the assistant Carrie? for Logan? Carrie, I, I don't know. I thought she had a lot to work with in this episode. I thought she was really funny. Um, and that just that one interaction that she has with uh, Cousin Greg was, was hysterical. Trying to set him in his place. <laughs> Is she from the apps, Greg? <laughs> So yeah, uh, she she got really the, the what is it the most improved player in my there opinion because she's kind of been hated on the sidelines. She she came in ready. Uh, so this is as we mentioned season four's first episode. Do you feel like this episode indicates in some way we're headed towards an endgame? Yeah, uh, I know that everybody said they didn't know it was the finale and uh, it went viral. How everyone had a different reaction. Brian did not care. Shiv was disappointed that she did not know. Um, that's what leads me to believe that it's going to be an unresolved ending. It is an HBO series. It is Succession. Right. Very much feels like a show that's not going to be as closed up as possible. But it did make me think the most Succession thing to do, the most HBO thing to do, is to make fun of capitalism. And then come out with a spinoff. I see a sequel in the works that may be a prequel. This idea of what the come up is for the kids and what led them to become 
the the Roy's as we know them. If you're able to cover them in their teen years, get a completely new different cast, you ain't got to pay them the money that probably would have been season five uh, and do it that way. Because while it may be ending here, do you think this is the end of the succession story? I I don't know if I'm going to say, like, I, I think it's the end for sure. Uh, just because the the machinations of the entertainment industry, you know, as they are, they really love to suck on the on the teeth until it's dry, like the Roy kids. I don't know. Um, that being said, like I I don't think it's gonna come as soon as some people seem to believe or hope. Like I've seen a lot of people saying, What's "Oh, I really want to see." Uh, I want to see the show from the opening credits, right, with the kids, like you're saying. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. I. I, I, I don't good. know if I, I want to see that. I kind of like I like Succession because it's this iteration of this family with these great actors. Uh, and I don't know if the story is necessarily the same if it's not about that sort of like uh, corporate power play. Right. I, I, I love Jesse Armstrong and the writers that they've assembled. I think the writing is like superb. And if you're going to get that group of people in a room together, I'm sure whatever mm-hmm. they come up with is going to be hilarious. Like I also would have been okay if succession turned into the show that they talked about. And it's just sort of like season eight of what's Tom and Greg up to now. Like, I think they're good enough at it that I'd accept it, but I kind of feel like this is one thing and, and their decision to end it now is going to be some going to be give us some sort of finality at least temporarily. Okay. You see that? Yeah. I feel like if they do pick it up it's going to be somewhere completely uh like tangential to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Fair. But do you want that spin-off? I wouldn't mind it cuz like you said if they have the same writing team then it's mm-hmm. all about just getting another cast that's good. Yeah, that could go bad. But as long as they keep the writing the same, yeah, I trust the casting because every single new person that they've gotten, even actors I don't care for, have come in and killed it every single time, right? So is it really going to be that hard to find another four? That's the only Maybe thing. But, but you need yeah. the same writing. I agree with you. You don't have the yeah. same writing? Don't give me another show. I mean, I kind of feel like Better Call Saul is sort of the, the exception that proves the rule that you shouldn't True. do stuff like this. But then again, like I was singing House of the Dragons praises and and that also seemed like. A, That's what I'm saying. It's HBO, dude. So, yeah. If they if they do it, they're going to do it right. I'm sure. They got the are analytics. They know the nut. Are you ready for the show to end? Are you emotionally ready? We haven't talked about Succession deciding to uh, conclude yet on the intercut. Yeah, because we found out like yesterday. I look if they can land it, they can land it. I'd rather them end it early than to drag it on. Yeah, the the fact that they would come out and make this decision about their immensely successful show that I'm sure is making them immense amounts of money to me indicates that this is the right time, right? They they decided that this is a pr- the appropriate way to make it feel like it's all of the same quality, and and that's the thing. It's like this is such top quality television that even if it fell off a little bit, I feel like it just, it, the magic might not be there anymore. And I, I like how magical this experience has felt. I'm, I'm willing to entrust them, whatever they got uh, in store for us. So I don't now, know if I'm emotionally ready for it, but I think like at least, at least intellectually I've, I've come to terms with it. Them doing them dirty though. And not letting them know is still TV People come onto these projects for long-term stuff and not letting them know till the final reading makes me feel yeah. like they have something else up their sleeve. I mean, they've also talked about I don't want them to swap how, them out. 
Yeah, they, they've already talked about. I mean, Jesse talks about how it probably would only be like a four or five season show from the start. But okay, it it is weird how certain people seem to know earlier than others. Yeah, so that's my only thing. If they do end up going for a spinoff, the idea of not having the core, the the core four Zach, uh, is a little different. I, I don't I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of that because the, then it just feels like you don't want the disgusting brothers spinoff. <laughs> and then cut everybody else out. Like I don't see how you could do a no because I think they live so much in the world. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't be the same. Wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Anyway, it's been an excellent start to season four in Succession. I'm excited to come back every week and go over our favorite lines and whose stock is up and whose stock is down with all y'all. Let us know who you think had their stock rise the most and stock fall the most on episode one, as well as any favorite moments or lines that you had. Uh, from this episode of Succession. Anything you want to get to before we wrap things up? Uh, no, just go back and watch the first three seasons because if for whatever reason you're watching this without having seen the other ones, we highly recommend it. This is one of those shows yeah. where I, once I cut up with it, it has been a weekly watch for sure. And, you know, if it's only going to be four seasons, that's a show you can binge in like a weekday. Like, at the end of it all, it's going to be a nice, easy thing to reconsume, right? Because there's just mm-hmm. so many jokes in this that when rewatching it again, you end up picking up or, or noticing different things that just uh, bring in a, a second type of laugh. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how it ends. Our, we already did our best succession character ba- bracket with Karsten. I was thinking, like, how can we bring the brackets back? Maybe we do best succession episode at some point. We could. That could be a fun bracket. Yeah. yeah. Or anyway, characters we'll, part two. Characters part two, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll plenty of more discuss, plenty of more succession to discuss shortly. But that's all for this podcast. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at Zshevich. That's Z S H E V as in Valter I C H. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. Artwork and people find more from you. You can find me over at LME Explain on Twitter, on YouTube, on Letterboxd, or every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can catch more uh, Intercut podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're not just listening to the audio, but checking out the video as well on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod. You can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of the Weekend Must Watch streaming on Mondays on our channel. And please consider heading over to iTunes to give us a five-star review, leaving a comment over on iTunes, just liking the videos liking us on spotify all that stuff really helps the podcast grow like our facebook page follow us on instagram follow us on twitter and you can also support us on patreon.com for as little as one dollar per month and those are the best places to get updates throughout the week from art from me from all the guests that we feature here on intercut thanks again for tuning in and until next time the disgusting brothers on motherfucking tour